This is the Healing the City podcast. This is Eric Siepen, and I'm sitting across from my wife, Susan Siepen, and we're doing our third podcast together in the Spiritual Formation podcast, and she's grinning at me because we are learning how to do this together, which is pretty, hey. yay, <laughs> which is fun. It's a fun little experience. Um, so I'm just going to relax back here. This is how I like to do my podcast Reclining. Reclining. And so this week, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, my sermon and a response to it. So my sermon was on marriage. And uh, we talked partly, or I talked partly about what it means to submit or what submission looks like. And kind of frame submission in this idea that it is responding to Christ who laid his life down for us, that we would lay our lives down for one another. And some of that um, has to do with us um, being willing to get to know each other in a way that allows us to, um, I guess, know the person deeply in, in the sense of giving up what's important to us to make what's important to the other person important to us. That's a very complicated statement. Uh, but anyway... And we could talk about that some, but I think the thing that you and I were talking about at breakfast this morning mm -hmm. was just the importance of dating. And I kind of reflected before that, that we, in our marriage, after 23 years, right? This is 23 years. Yeah. We're going to be 24 in March. Right. Um, we've gone out on at least, at a minimum, of 12,000 dates. Yes. I think you said 1,200. No, 1,200. 12,000 would be uh, way too many. Hopefully, someday we'll attain to 12,000. Maybe in but we 20 for sure, years or so. We got on 1,200 dates. And uh, that has defined our marriage, those dates. Yeah. Um, it's something that Mark Bryans, the pastor who performed our wedding and did our premarriage counseling, insisted that we do mm -hmm. and told us that it was the vital part of our marriage was to date one another. Yeah. And that has had a significant influence on our closeness and the way we care and love for each love each other. Now, maybe to go back, and I know this is a little non sequitur, but to go back to my sermon, I opened the sermon with this idea that the key to marriage, a successful marriage, if you were going to use the word successful, is that it involves friendship, it involves forgiveness. And really those two things hanging on the idea that you're not actually marrying each other just to marry each other, but you are marrying each other to be on God's mission together. And you're going to offer something very unique to the world in that marriage and, and helping people understand what the gospel is. And so dating actually became a very significant part for us in that. You're just pulling up a lot of different topics here. I am because I love to pull up topics. <laughs> and I'm trying to organize my thoughts because we chatted at breakfast and and people just have to to kind of go with us. So Well, I, I, I'm already to I'm ready to expound upon you want to expound several upon different So why don't you expound you because you're brilliant and so why don't you expound on some things for me? Well I think on the submission topic. Yes. Uh, that one of the that the, some of the important aspects of that were that a submission is mutual, that husbands and wives submit to each other as to Christ, and also that submission happens in the context of a community. 
and that the core of submission is that we lay down our lives for each other. So as I am laying my life down for you, you're also, hopefully, not always, um, often it's one person laying their life down for the other for a long time and not the other way around. But ultimately, intimacy is built out of two people who are laying their lives down for each other and laying their lives down for other people together as yes. well. So I think that fits both into uh, the submission idea, but also into the mission aspect of things. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I think what I said um, in the evening service that, that it's powerful is that some ways submission, and this may be counterintuitive, submission for me, I said, was that when you hurt me mm-hmm. and when you say things that may be painful or your way of be- engaging me is is pushing me away and not drawing me in, um, my way of submitting to you is not to to go after what I want from you or punish you for, for what you've done, but actually to understand the forgiveness of Jesus for me. And part of that forgiveness, I guess the picture of that forgiveness for me is Jesus on the cross saying, you know, forgive the Roman soldiers for they don't know what they're doing. To, to mm-hmm. turn as Christ and face my wife and say, Jesus, forgive my wife for she doesn't know what she's doing. Like she, like there's such a, such a humanity to that, such a gentleness to be able to say, I'm in the place of suffering and I'm asking Jesus to forgive the one who's causing my suffering. That's submission to her and to God. It's yeah. me laying my life down. It's, it's ins- inspirational, but on the other hand, it's kind of terrifying because <laughs> it's very vulnerable. It's hard to live in. It is hard to live in. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? I think forgive them for they know not what they are doing is true of anyone who sins against another right. person because we are image bearers and we don't know the incredible impact of what we're doing to each other right? in general. But if we did, we would be appalled to see what we're actually doing to somebody who bears the impact, bears the image of the living God. Yeah. So one of the things that has, as we were saying, has been super defining of our marriage is going out on dates. And I was saying at, on our date this morning that although they seem to have included maybe four, well, I said three and then you added a fourth, but one, they seem to involve when we go out, they involved, um, just kind of talking about our kids, talking about logistics, which everyone says, oh, you shouldn't do that on a date. But actually, it's, if you go on 1,200 dates, talking about logistics is going to happen. Yeah, and that's sure. one of the things that we do. And talking about what, you know, what's going on with the kids, kind of getting on the same, you know, play, getting into the same place and thinking and kind of just trying to talk things through together yeah. on the practical things. The other one was that a lot of times, especially early on in our marriage, those times forced us to talk about things in our relationship. And so sometimes more you than me, but, but mm-hmm. there were lots of tears in public spaces. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, lots of fun. Crying loudly in restaurants. <laughs> it was, was good. My favorite thing. But it, but yours? It, yeah, it was, it was really my favorite thing. <laughs> it's really awkward. <laughs> but I, I think it was helpful in transforming who we were and, and 
helping each other connect. And there's nothing like watching your wife cry vulnerably in a public space to soften (laughs) your heart very quickly. Um, So it forced us into that kind of conversation. The other one we tended to talk about and spent spent a lot of our time with, and this is why I... um, what why I think it's so important is we spend a lot of time talking about the mission, yeah. mission of us, you and me, other people, like how we care for other people. Who do we want to care for? What is our longing to to speak into people's lives? What's going on in their life? Like this mutual deep concern for other people and seeing the gospel and in their lives and Jesus healing them and how that we can join that is a big part of our what well, dates. Mm-hmm. You know what we would talk about, and then. The fourth one you were saying, um, maybe you could expound on that, but just we talk about ideas. We like ideas. Yeah, we we talk about the books we're reading and the things we're thinking about and what it would look like to build them into our lives. Yeah. And you're definitely a, a gift of knowledge person, so you like accumulating knowledge and then telling me about it. I do because I forget it really fast, <laughs> so I have to share it now. Right, and then and then it somehow a lot of times it gets integrated into sermons. It gets integrated into parts of our community. That's how I remember it. Yes, it keeps coming back to me. You keep telling, <laughs> you tell your husband, and then he begins to to try to say it himself, and then you have to correct him to make sure he fully understands what you were talking about. <laughs> that happens. Uh, it happens a lot. Um, I think that there's. Uh, I think that the idea of dating has to be grounded a little bit also uh, because, you know, when you're before you before you get married or outside of marriage, dating is kind of this exhilarating thing and you're trying to have fun and get to know each other. And um, I feel like over the years after being, you know, while being married, dating has been a discipline and sometimes it's fun, and sometimes it's the thing you're looking forward to all week. And other times it's just that thing that you're doing because it's what you have chosen. It's right. a discipline that you've chosen. And sometimes you'd rather stay home and not date. Sometimes you miss your kids when you go on a date and wish that you were hanging out with them or that there was some other thing you were doing. And so I think there's uh, it feels like a discipline that is hopefully enjoyable and it, but it definitely bears fruit yes. over time. Yeah. So I think that's an important aspect of long-term dating. Yeah, and and when I think about that, I, I think for you and I, like what was kind of drilled into us early on from I, I think my parents from Mark mm-hmm. um, Brian's was that our job was to cultivate one another. Yeah into people God was calling us to be, not into people that we really wanted to be with, but the people that God was calling each person to be. Right. And so it was. it is our job, as I was saying in our sermon, in the way we use our words and the way we encourage to build each other up as an edifice, as a, as a, as something of glory, you know, and, and, and Mark talked a lot to me about how my job was to, to, call your beauty out and to and then have everybody see that mm-hmm. and for everyone to marvel at you and not marvel at me. Yeah. Um and that that was a kind of a 
you know, especially I think partly because I didn't grow up with sisters, so I had no concept of what right. even to be in relationship with a girl on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> and but it was also just a, a powerful thing, um, in in understanding what it meant to submit was to say, no, this is the beautiful thing and this is the thing that ever, this is the person everyone should look at when they think about the Seepins, not Eric. That was a big deal. And I I think I I sometimes do a good job of that and sometimes I just don't. I mean, most of the time I don't. I don't think so. I think... But I I think that even, you know, dating is a space to lay your life down for the other person. Yeah. And sometimes it's the space where they're laying their life down for you and you receive that. Right. Um, but, but having a focus of, I'm going to invest in this other person um, and what would that look like is definitely a part of the discipline right. of it. And then, you know, hopefully something fun happens too. You know, right. there might be some fun stuff yeah, and, and on one or many dates, but uh, but it really the fun factor isn't the main point because fun doesn't matter that much if you aren't intimately connected to this other person and really uh, for each other. Right. And I think it does, it, the, the discipline builds an anticipation. And the more mm-hmm. that you do it, the more I begin to anticipate being not where we're going to go eat or what movie we're going to go see or what fun thing we're going to do. It builds this anticipation of being able to tell you the things I've learned and to hear the things you've learned and to hear what's going on in your life and to see you and to laugh with you and to be with you. Um, it's, it nurtures it at a deeper level, you know, like I, I heard Tim Keller talking about how someone asked him if he still, gets that electric feeling when his wife holds his hand and he said no and he hopes not because that <laughs> feeling was so much about him and not about them you know and and you need that electric feeling in the beginning to pull you together but that electric feeling is not something you <laughs> you want because it's a very actual it's a very selfish thing mm. it's a thing that's about you and and i think even just the discipline of our dates has brought me to the place of wanting to be with you and in a deeper way and in a much more richer way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's pretty powerful in helping our marriage move in the direction it's needed to. Yeah. I I think the other piece that you mentioned earlier was, was talking about ministry itself. And that's something that, uh, that comes and goes. I think that's something we sometimes ban that we're like, well, we're not talking about anybody else. Right. Um, and other times we're talking about uh, ministry concepts like, oh, we'd like to have people over more often. What would that look like? Right. Uh, and sometimes we're actually talking about more of the nitty gritty of what's sure. happening in the church at the time. But uh, I feel like that's a piece that that changes over, you know, from week to week. And sometimes I think being kind of, as you mentioned earlier, from the very beginning, we were very ministry oriented, right? And that was part of what we loved about each other, and had a real sense of, you know, wanting to stand together, hand in hand, and look out at the world and do something. And um, that that was one of our passions together. It was right. what we loved about being together. And uh, I think that dating 
can it kind of fuels the intimacy that allows that to happen. Yeah. So it's something that keeps our hands uh, connected to each other yeah. as we are spending our lives moving into ministry. Yeah. No, that's that's true, and I, I think I think the thing that I hope for other marriages is to get to that place. Like it doesn't have to look like Sue and Eric, but I think that's the calling. It's not just our special calling or a special few people. It looks different in each marriage, mm-hmm. but every marriage is called to be hand in hand, stepping forward into the kingdom of God and calling people into the light. That's, you know, that's transformative to your marriage. If that's the thing that you're like, that's what we're going for. So this is why we're working on this issue. This is why we're going, why we're dating. This is the why, this is why we're doing these things. It's not to, it's the secondary part is to nurture a relationship of intimacy between us. But that only leads to a better, you know, bringing of the gospel and making disciples of our children and of the people around us. I think what's mysterious about that is it's not the secondary thing. Yeah. It's the primary thing and it's the secondary thing. You know, intimacy between us is primary. Right. So that all the other things can happen, but it's also secondary right. at the same time. Right. And ministry is primary, and yet it also needs to be put on the shelf and become secondary. Yeah, definitely. And so there's a, um, I don't know, a pedaling aspect of that, like riding a bike. Yeah. Those two things go back and forth. Right. Well, I always, I always tell people, you know, sometimes people make those lists where they, like, they say, okay, well, the top three things in your life should be God as number one, your wife is number two, and then your kids is number three, and then your church. Like that's sort of, you hear that in the world. And I usually say, no, the top thing in your life should be your wife and then your kids and then your community. Because if your wife is not the top thing in your life, then God really isn't the top thing in your life, right? Mm-hmm. That if you're, because a lot of times when you make those kinds of lists, what happens is you you separate God's integration in mm-hmm. each one of those areas, mm-hmm. and you know where God is in your life in the way that you treat your wife or your husband, the way that you engage with your kids. That's that that's your that's the diagnostic, yeah, for you. And, and and the thing that should say, oh, I, I need to turn around. I need to move towards Jesus. I, I think you look at that and say, oh. Right. Or, yeah, okay, yeah, God is in a good place. I am in a good place with Jesus um, because those because of where things are at. So, I don't know. I think dating is a big, it's a, it's a great place to work all that out. And the yeah. thing is, we've been in different financial positions in our life (laughs) so these dates like you know i've looked different financially Mm -hmm. and i've talked a little bit about this and but you know some of our most favorite dates was was when gas was a dollar a gallon Mm -hmm. and we could get a donut for two bucks with a coffee you know Mm -hmm. and it was just drive around split a donut and a cup of coffee together in the car for an hour yeah um you know go sit somewhere in the car in a parking lot with a cup of coffee or, or some kind of drink and just sit there and chat. Yeah. And, uh, and when we can't have a babysitter and we, we had the privilege of having grandparents and having community house to watch our kids. But when you can't have a babysitter, it's when they go to bed, 
once a week you you know you get some wine or some hot tea or whatever it is that you like to drink and you go sit in the back patio and you you just carve out some time carve out some space to, and to call that your date mm-hmm. um, and make it as special as you can finances shouldn't limit that you have to be creative um, so I don't know do you have any other things any thoughts on all of that before we kind of wrap up our, our dating talk um, or any other things that I said in my random introduction no I think that I think they got looped back in yeah, loop back in. Yeah. Loop. Well, sure. All right. I, I'm just thinking about um, people who are in situations where their spouse doesn't want to date. Yeah, that's. Or um, they end up, or they're in a space where they're ministry focused, but their spouse is not. <clears throat> Excuse me. And. Uh, what do you do about that? I, I don't feel like we've addressed that at all. Yeah, well, and I think we. You know, maybe you could respond to this, but and I think actually you should talk about this. One of the things you have done in my life, mm-hmm. more than I actually think I've done in your life, is that even though we've dated and we talk a lot about our lives and what's going on, there are issues in in my life that just aren't going aren't changing, mm-hmm. and there are big issues that that are beyond, in some sense, you being able to just shift the way you behave or engage in certain ways for me to change definitely anxieties fears personality mm-hmm. traits that aren't great <laughs> all those kinds of things they are there they are the, thanks for, for both of <laughs> <Yes>. us <laughs> but you have you have been very committed to praying those out of my life mm-hmm. um can you talk about that just a little? I mean, like, what? where did that come from? Because it was surprising to me because there were times in our marriage where I'd be like, oh, this is, God is doing this in my life. And you'd, you'd kind of smile and say, <laughs> oh, I've been praying for that for a long time. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know you saw that. <laughs> so that where did you kind of come up with that idea even that you would begin to pray things in, in and out of my life? You know, I think my... My mom was a major prayer person, and she was way more likely to pray about something than to go talk to somebody about it, although uh, she would also, she had a strong sense of justice and would occasionally go uh, do what she needed to do, but uh, in terms of confronting somebody about something. But I think probably uh does feel like she left me a legacy of prayer she would wake up in the middle of the night she always assumed that god was telling her to pray about something if she woke up in the middle of the night um she met with her prayer partner for 40 years once a week and prayed and so i i just have a real strong sense that prayer matters and that it accomplishes stuff so uh i think some of those things probably I talk to you about, but I think you can only talk to somebody about a weakness or a diffi- excuse me or a difficulty so many times before it becomes a problem to talk about it. Right. And it actually becomes counterproductive for everybody involved. And so you know you get one or two shots at something where you can vulnerably, hopefully, preferably in a vulnerable way, talk about something, or sometimes in the middle of an argument in a really non-vulnerable way. (laughs) But regardless, after that, you're left with prayer. And I think it also comes out of the the goals and desires concept. 
of, you know, the only appropriate goal that we have is ministry and everything else is a desire and what we can do with desires is offer to them offer them up to God in prayer is you know one of the main ideas from encouragement the key to caring and i took that to heart really young as well that if i have a desire for something then the best place to put it is in god's hands mm. i feel like this is another podcast though no i think that was beautiful i think that's that is a place to end this podcast. I think it's challenging and, and thought thought provoking. So I think we should leave it there. Thank you, Sue. All right, thank you. You've been listening to Healing the City podcast with Eric Seepin. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.